Welcome back to Morganomics Canada. I'm your host, Marco Gello. I'm a duly licensed mortgage broker in British Columbia and Alberta, born and raised in Calgary, currently living in North Vancouver. If you are from either of these provinces and require any mortgage-related services, please do not hesitate to contact me. Call or text me right now at 604-800-9593. 604-800-9593. One application, one credit check, and access to Canada's top lenders. All right, welcome back, everyone. Uh, today's headliner topic, I'm going to talk about navigating your way through a rising interest rate environment. But before we get to that, here's what's on my mind this week. In 2018, the mortgage stress test was introduced in Canada. And at the time, I totally remember, everyone was up in arms about it. And, uh, and rightfully so, perhaps. It was a shocking concept um, to get a, let's say, at the time, 2.79% five-year fixed mortgage. Um, you had to qualify for uh, as though it was uh, 4.79%. So that's 2% higher, the stress test. But in hindsight, look where we are at today. Like 1.85 million is the detached uh, benchmark price for a single family detached home in Vancouver. So imagine if we, if we didn't do that stress test. Pretty crazy. So three cheers for the stress test. Hit that. Hooray. And this leads me to my next point. Um, like I've been saying from the beginning, we need to build more supply. But the, the opposing forces are just too strong. Like the, the NIMBYs, the not-in-my-backyard movement. Vancouver's market is, is ridiculously um, undersupplied or malnourished. Like, pick your poison, they're both horrible. And it always comes back to the no more land thing. Um, our only chance at affordability, I believe, for future generations is to aggressively begin the process of repurposing the current buildable land that we currently have and the zoning network that is currently stapled to it. And not just repurpose for a little section of Metro Vancouver, but I'm talking everywhere. You know, North Van, East Van, Vancouver, Coquitlam, Port Moody, New West, like everywhere. And at the moment, I think this is an impossible ask. And, and of course it is, it, you know, it's a radical. But we can't even take baby steps, it seems. Just way too much opposition to it, like the NIMBYs. Or of course, the policymakers and their ulterior motives, because of course there are ulterior motives. It's just ridiculous and shameful. Like basically to swing that supply pendulum Never mind swing it, but simply stop the momentum of it and direct it in the, the opposite direction and kind of more towards the center and hope that it continues that way. You know, some form of, if there's such a thing, like I, I don't think we can do, we need like, like a dictator will do this, like a democratic dictator would be required to do what needs to be done. Like that, that's why it's, it's uh, lately I'm getting hopeless about it. I really don't see this happening democratically. Disclaimer, I do not support dictatorships. Just trying to make a point here. Otherwise, um, Vancouver will remain the uh, crooked capitalist bureaucratic wasteland that it is. I'm sorry, Vancouver, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, but I love this place. I live in it and everything that it has to offer. I love it. It's an amazing place, but I just got to say, calling a spade a spade. The policymakers, weak pol political leadership, and the countless and always growing 
self-interest lobby groups have made this city what it is today. Not the good people and strong businesses that occupy it. It's that, that little core that I just talked about. It's too bad. There's still hope, I guess, right? But uh, something's got to be done sooner than later. So, uh, yeah. Um, our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, um, returned from his little field trip in Scotland there. Uh, I don't know when he came back, a couple of days ago or something like that. Uh, the official name of this trip, it actually referred to as the, the Glasgow Climate Change Conference. And, uh, yeah, here we go again. Like, um, with climate change, which I truly believe is real. Absolutely. And, like, I'm by no means a denier of it. So, don't even go there. But, here's the thing. Like, the whole, we gotta take the high road and set an example for the rest of the world thing, you know, it's getting old for me. I'm just, I'm not down with the concept of, of making massive sacrifices in Canada's energy sector and our economy while the rest of the oil-producing countries continue on their merry way and accountable to absolutely no one for absolutely nothing. And, and by the way, you won't find these oil-producing countries on the nice place to raise a family list. Like, here's what I mean. By closing down Alberta oil, you are essentially giving license for other problematic regions in the world to massively not just increase their wealth, and by the way, diminish hours in the process. That goes without saying. But here's the other unforgotten little blip that doesn't hit the radar of those virtue signalers out there. By shutting down Alberta and other nice guy oil-producing countries, which is laughable in itself because I think Alberta, Canada is probably the only country in the nice guy list. Um, but by shutting down Alberta, we are giving license to horrible regimes to increase their wealth, of course. You know, regimes around the world, these countries that are producing the oil, but also their power and influence. That's a big one. No one ever talks about that one. Remember, these oil-producing countries that are currently controlling the flow and production of oil, which is absolutely an essential um, commodity in the world. So by they're controlling the flow and production of the oil in the world are places that are these these places are guilty of the following these oil producing countries that we are currently buying oil from and uh, they're not accountable for absolutely nothing so they're guilty for this they're guilty for corruption on a grand scale that you could never imagine they're guilty of serious human rights violations they're guilty of uh, freedom of speech they don't allow it freedom of press very limited if, if non-existent in some places propaganda just runs on free will over there they're guilty of long-term environmental damage that's right like there, there are other places than alberta that have industries that do massive damage to the earth its environmental ecosystem its delicate atmosphere people's health and so on and you know i'm just i'm getting sick of hearing canadians bash on alberta i don't think that's cool Here's an example. Let's pretend, let's pretend Saudi Arabia is posting its bio on an online dating site. This is how it would read. Okay, I'm gonna do my best impersonation of uh, 
Saudi Arabia. Hi, my name's Saudi Arabia. First time poster, long time troller, lol. I'm a monarch type of individual, lol, ha ha ha. And I enjoy restricting almost all political rights and civil liberties. I'm pretty much a control freak, lol. And don't really care about other people's opinions. I'm totally into technology and have cameras set up everywhere, you know, just to see where you are at and if you need anything. Um, also, I believe in discipline, like hardcore discipline. Um, basically, if you're different and unique, I might have a problem with that. Okay, I'll just say it. I will definitely have a problem with that. And I'll basically force you to change or eliminate you. LOL, ha ha ha. And finally, you probably want to know about my financial situation. Uh, I'm super good in that department, nothing to worry about. My family is in the oil business and we're super duper rich. Like people from all over the world buy our stuff, even if they live in places where they can make it, produce it themselves. Um, yeah, I don't get it, but who cares? It's awesome. We're uh, super rich. So looking forward to meeting you. PM me, XOXO. So think about that. The next time you vote against a pipeline in Canada or stay silent when someone talks trash about Alberta, this is the other side. This is where the geopolitical power base is growing. And be aware, don't be fooled. The more power this geopolitical base gains, the more influential they become. And one last thing about the environmental impact of Alberta's oil sands. It is the most rigid and committed jurisdiction on the planet when it comes to environmental issues. The, the pro-environmental technology advances that are constantly being developed are totally underreported and never celebrated. This, this industry is a massive contributor to Canada's current standard of living and shutting the door on it is absolutely irresponsible and insane. And it's time to speak up. This is critical, and you will certainly feel this in your bank account in one form or another, regardless of where you live in Canada and regardless of, of where you stand on climate change. Our natural resources are as much a part of our identity as hockey and healthcare is. I, I don't know of any oil producing region that halts its production to accommodate for an in progress migratory pathway for wildlife or actively participates in rehabilitation of wildlife caught in the crossfire of industry. Yet the thousands of birds that get massacred from peaceful looking wind turbine propellers goes unreported forever. Then there's the coal, nickel and precious metals mining operations that litter this planet. All of them, mostly unreported and basically irrelevant in the whole grand scheme of, of, of this climate change movement. So give me a break. We should just pin this all on Alberta? Really? Trudeau and his gang think that is exactly what we should do. So here's my final mic drop statement on this. Without getting into the reasoning and finer details, I'll just cut right to the chase. If we cut off or drastically reduce our oil exports like we're on the path of doing, here's what happens. You will experience higher and more acute inflation than we are experiencing right now. And interest rates are going to spike up quicker and to higher levels than anyone thinks. If you think now is bad, our economy without oil experts, oil exports would blow you away. But there is hope. We can have it both ways. Absolutely, we can. We can do this. We can lead the world 
in the reduction of greenhouse gas emissions, and we can continue to grow our oil exports. We can actually do that. So stand up for Canadian oil. Stop letting it be the sole whipping boy for anti-Alberta environmentalist groups. Don't get me wrong, we got to keep that industry accountable, absolutely. But let it not be the sole whipping boy. And remember, just from a mortgage perspective, no oil business in Canada means higher interest rates, plain and simple. Let's begin and discuss this week's headliner, navigating your way through a high interest rate environment. Hey there, just a quick reminder about my servicing area as I know many of you are listening from across the country. I'm a duly licensed mortgage broker in the provinces of Alberta and British Columbia. So if you are from these parts, shoot me a text at 604-800-9593 or look me up at homefinancingsolutions.ca. Throughout your dealings with me, you will also be introduced to my support team, Justin and Kelly. With the three of us, you can be rest assured we get every angle covered. And finally, over the years, I've built up some incredible working relationships with real estate agents, lawyers, notaries, home inspectors, and appraisers. So if need be, I can also be your one-stop shop and hook you up with a complete real estate team. The process is quick and swift. One application, one credit check, and access to Canada's top lenders. And now, back to the episode. With virtually every economic indicator calling for rate hikes, Canadian mortgage holders are left wondering how to prepare and react to the already in-progress wave of interest rate volatility. Regardless of the degree and timing of the pending increases, concerned mortgage holders in Canada have the opportunity to control their own destiny and minimize or even eliminate potential risks associated with rising interest rates, like higher mortgage payments. Here are a few tips to be aware of in a rising interest rate environment. Tip number one, don't panic. Put things in perspective and react accordingly. With all the announcements surrounding rising interest rates, it is critical to understand how or even if it will apply to you, and if so, to what degree. For example, on October the 27th, 2021, the Bank of Canada announced that they are anticipating the beginning of an upward trajectory in rate hikes. Here are some tips on how to prepare and anticipate the pending or speculative rate increases. Unlike the random and spontaneous nature of fixed rate changes, um, because they can happen at any moment without warning, prime rate changes operate in a more formal and orderly manner. Every year, the Bank of Canada releases its schedule of their interest rate announcements for the year, and uh, there are eight regular scheduled announcements. So knowing this, one is able to plan for and anticipate any pending changes as the announcements are very informative and revealing. So the Bank of Canada governor, his name is Tiff Macklem, openly discusses the reasoning for any rate change, then also provides hints on what to expect for the following announcement. Past rate increases or decreases have typically been in 0.25% increments. So here's an idea of how much a few, uh, four to be precise, how many four uh, quarter point increment rate hikes would impact your monthly payment on a $500,000 variable rate mortgage. So $500,000 variable rate mortgage at prime minus one, your payment today would be $1,987. Okay. So let's say the rate increases by a quarter percent. Now you're at 2.7 minus 1%. That's $2,046 per month. Okay. So you jump from 1987 to 2046. Let's go up another quarter point. You jump up to 2106 per month. A quarter point after that, you jump up to 2166 per month. 
Okay, so this leads to my next tip, tip number two. Time for a little addition by subtraction. So for a 1% increase on a $500,000 mortgage, okay, the payment would shoot up by, or it would shoot up to $2,148. No, actually shoot up by $2,148 per year. That equates to $179 per month. And that equates to $5.77 per day. So no need to worry though. Okay, by using the powerful concept of addition by subtraction, we can win. We can win back that 577 budgetary spike by eliminating or modifying a daily routine, like replacing the costly Starbucks routine. This probably ranges anywhere from three to fifteen dollars for most people. So you can even go bigger in the black here. So yeah, maybe switch to Tim Hortons when interest rates go up, or maybe eliminate the entire experience of walking into a retail establishment to purchase your daily. 10, 12 ounce cup of java and replace it with a good old homebrew and travel mug routine. Boom. Okay. You're now back in the black and your monthly budget has come back down as though your interest rate hasn't even changed. And for some, the budget has flattened even more depending on the, the frequency and degree of your, your daily Starbucks routine. But yeah, put things in perspective and, and react uh, accordingly. Long live addition by subtraction. Tip number three. There are options. Consider them. Expand your decision-making process and consider other mortgage products. Most Canadians revert to a competitive five-year fixed mortgage term and even fewer opt for a variable rate mortgage. But look beyond these products. Ask your broker for more options and uh, suggestions. Brokers, as opposed to bankers, will have a, uh, a more broad range of products compared to the one-trick pony resource like the bank. Okay. There are several mortgage products that handle rate increases better than others. Here are a few to consider. Number one, capped variable rate mortgages. Many people are simply not aware that there are variable rate mortgages available that feature a fixed payment. So rather than a fluctuating monthly payment, these mortgages simply adjust the interest component within your payment to reflect the increase in prime rate. So for example, if your mortgage payment is $1,800 and prime rate increases by a quarter point, rather than increasing your $1,800 mortgage payment, the interest portion within the $1,800 payment will internally adjust. So instead of allocating, let's say $500 of your $1,800 towards interest or whatever that calculation is with your bank, it would simply maintain the monthly payment at $1,800, but then it would increase that internal interest component to let's say $600 to reflect the change in prime rate. Okay? So at the same time, there's no shock in your lifestyle, your monthly budget or whatever. It remains 1800 but just the allocation within it changed. Okay. Um, number two, another pretty good product, um, hybrid mortgages. So these are mortgages that uh, allow you to compartmentalize your mortgage with different products. For example, let's say your mortgage balance is $500,000. So instead of signing for a five-year fixed rate mortgage for the entire $500,000 balance, you can break it into the following. You can have um, like a $250,000 at five-year fixed rate, $100,000 at a variable rate, and the, the remaining $150,000 in a home equity line of credit. With this hybrid of products, um, you could potentially hedge against, against uh, any interest rate increases and achieve at the same time a high level of flexibility within your mortgage. Okay, uh, Another good product strategy or solution, mortgage terms, 
other than five-year fixed and variable rate. So maybe your lifestyle um, and or your employment timeline isn't quite suited for a five-year term, which is the standard term for you know fixed rate and variable rate mortgages in Canada. Consider a different length term then. You know, select strategically based on your specific timeline. So for example, let's say you are expecting a pay increase in a couple of years, but until then, you need to maintain a strict budget. And in this case, maybe uh, consider a two-year fixed rate, then opt into a more aggressive variable rate product when it's time to renew. Fixed rate mortgages are available from one-year terms and upward all the way to 10-year terms. Tip number four. We've already been stress tested for 5.25%. Why all the shock now? January 1st, 2018 marked the day we stress uh, we started stress testing mortgage applications. Since then, mortgage applicants have been qualifying for mortgages as though they were 2% higher than what they actually were. So for example, locking up a 1.79% five-year fixed mortgage, but qualifying at 5.25%. So in other words, all those that have qualified for a mortgage in the last three, now approaching four years, are actually stress tested for some interest rate volatility for up to 5.25%. So, so you're good. No need to be fearful, anxious, depressed, sad, angry, whatever. You essentially have been pre-approved to be a victim of interest rate increase syndrome. You're good. You're ready. Because you qualified at 5.25%. Even though your actual contract rate could possibly be as low as 1.79%, you should be good and able for an increased payment. So, so relax. You're good. And finally, tip number five. Rising interest rates do not affect mortgage qualification amounts. Mortgages are qualified based on the predetermined and less volatile stress test rate, not the published contract rate. The rate you actually signed for and, and were awarded. So... This means that even though there is ongoing rate activity in the markets, um, your mortgage qualification amount remains stable. So don't be discouraged that, okay, rates going up, my mortgage qualification goes down. It's not how it works. In the past three years, the mortgage stress test has only changed once. Since 2018, it's been 4.79%. Then in June 2021, it spiked up to five and a quarter. So only in this instance, mortgage prequalifications had to be re-adjudicated and adjusted accordingly. And in this case, the purchasing power for mortgagers decreased. However, in the same time frame, the published contract rate of five-year fixed rate mortgages deviated at least 50 times, spanning from a high of 3.24% to as low as 1.39%. All right. That's all I got for today. Call or text me anytime if you have any mortgage questions at all, especially if you're in British Columbia or Alberta, as I am licensed to service these specific provinces, and especially if you are from Vancouver or Calgary, as I'm very familiar with these markets. And of course, I welcome calls and emails from all over the world for those that are in the process of or have recently relocated or immigrated to Canada from elsewhere. Call or text me at 604-800-9593, or you can visit my website at homefinancingsolutions.ca. Thank you again for tuning in to Mortgageonomics Canada. Stay well, everyone. Talk again soon.